Saunders. Yeah. Why? You you put a sort of sinister <laughs> hand on my shoulder as you said that. Like it's not true. I just true. wanted you to know it was you I was talking about. Oh, so uh, yeah. it's great. So how are you doing this morning, Martin? I'm well, thank Fantastic. you. Fantastic. I'm very well. It's a lovely day. It's a beautiful day, isn't and it? And I am uh, I'm excited about what we have this this podcast yeah. because a lot of people will have assumed that we were not going to come back with a second one. <laughs> you know, lots of things get launched, lots don't they? Yeah, they do. But issue two. There's no longevity. Issue two is it's here, the difficult people. second album, isn't it? It's it's a graveyard shift. It is the second one. It's that will will they match? Because last last week was great. It's great. It's great start. Really good start. But we've got an exciting guest that uh, Martin will tell you more about later. Mm. Very exciting guest. But uh, we wanted to kind of chat with you about more things that we've got lined up because we feel it's really important to be listening to a whole range of voices when it comes to youth ministry, not just from the UK but outside of the UK as well. And uh, this November. Shall we chat to them about this November? Excitingly. Let's do it. Excitingly. What's happening this November? So there are, um, last year was a fallow year for uh, youth work events, and it really was noticeable, actually. Mm. There were no national youth ministry gatherings, cross-denominational gatherings uh, at all in 2016. Um, and, and that's so, because when Youth Work Conference finished? Yeah, so there had been Youth Work Conference. Yeah. Um, summits. And Youth Work Summits. Yeah. There was a weekend event and a, and a day conference, and... Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, which we actually, over the years, both of us were involved in both yeah, of those brilliant, things. Brilliant events, but they yeah. both came to a natural end. And then we kind of, we were talking to people and yeah. there's a real hunger, a real sense that there was a, 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 people wanted to have a gathering, a national gathering for youth ministry. And I think it is, it's really important for lots of reasons. There is something amazing uh, about standing in a big room full of your peers and, and looking yeah. and not only having that moment of I'm not alone because a lot of us don't actually feel alone in, in youth ministry that's a bit of a generalization but also uh, to just think oh gosh we all, all of these people here love young people all of these people love Jesus we're, we're passionate about those things um, and it's just really great to gather mm. in that way sometimes it just it, it does so much it re-inspires reinvigorates you new challenge new ideas isn't it? I, yeah. I, I do agree and I think there are some people that and you joke about this all the time but there are some folks that I only bump into when we when we gather like this and it is it's amazing how quick you kind of orbit people's lives again you think some of the same challenges we're facing the same struggles that we're facing we're seeing God do exciting things and sharing those stories I think that is just so important for building our sense of confidence, awareness of our calling. So no, it's very exciting that this November yeah. we are gathering in Birmingham. as many people as possible to Birmingham yeah. uh, to come and uh, share their stories of what God is doing in and through their youth ministry, whether it's church-based or working in local schools. Yeah, and we've got a great lineup of speakers. We have, we have. Uh, you know, I used to. Uh, I used to think approach these events as things you had to market and sell to people. Mm. I've got to sell you my event. You've got to come to my event. Actually, I think, gosh, it would, it's so great to be able to come to one of these gatherings. It's such a, you deserve it. Yeah. As a youth worker, you deserve to make space in yeah. your calendar to come along, listen to new voices, meet with other like-minded people, have fun, worship God, pray, you know, Eat get great new vision. Food. This is Birmingham. Exactly. There's food. amazing food yeah. in Birmingham. The lineup. Uh, I, you know, I think the problem is I booked too many good people, so it's, it's slightly <laughs> yeah, I, got out of hand. I know it's kind of silly because when I got married 15 years ago, I started asking people to be my bridesmaids, oh. 
And then I realised I'd asked about 12 people. <laughs> and I had to do the whole kind of, well, could she be my bridesmaid? And you could, could you like... Wow, did like, you have like sub bridesmaids? Yeah, I had, and then I had like flower girls and it all just got a bit crazy. And it, it's a bit like you, Martin, we've let you loose on booking, but it's because you get really excited about what people have to say. That's your problem. How many bridesmaids did you have? Well, in the end, I had six and wow. four flower girls or something like that. It's like a royal it's wedding. Like 15 years ago, I can't remember. <gasps> I don't know quite. I married Jason. That was the main point. Yes, that was the main point <laughs> that of the day. That was the most important bit. Anyway, I've done anyway, that. So done I've that. too many bridesmaids. Yeah. Uh, but we've got right. some fantastic people. So uh, so let me tell you a couple of the people who are coming in show. Ooh, so yes. uh, I'm really excited that Kenda Creasy Dean is coming over from the state. So she is. If you don't know Kenda, she is probably the world's leading authority on youth ministry today. She is a a theologian. She's a practitioner. She's an innovator. She's based at Princeton Seminary. Uh, in the States and she's just got a brain the size of the planet and she's written some of the best and most important books on youth ministry the last 20 she years. So yeah. she's coming yeah. and she's going to be involved in the team uh, in lots of ways and she's going to be speaking. Um, I want to tell you about Tim Chaddick. So Tim Chaddick is a, is a name you probably won't know um, but is a phenomenal communicator. He um, was the pastor of a church in Los Angeles called Reality LA. Uh, and they were um, the hottest thing on the block, exciting, young, trendies, people dressed like me, uh, <laughs> or maybe not. Inspiration. Um, but, uh, but amazing church, uh, growing fast. He was getting on the, the, the speaking circuit. Uh, he was writing a book. He was, uh, you know, he was becoming the next big name. He looks the part. Uh, you know, he smells great. I, mm. I, don't, I don't know where I'm going. Anyway, uh, God spoke to Tim really clearly a couple of years ago and said, I'm actually going to take you from this platform that you've built for yourself and I'm going to take you into obscurity. Wow. And so uh, very quickly, uh, it, it, events transpired. He moved his whole family from L.A. to London. Wow. And he went to just serve anonymously with a local church in London for a while. And he's now planted a small church uh, in the West End, wow, uh, which he's just investing. And it's growing slowly, but it's not its not a big all singing, all dancing mm. church. It's a small church and hes he is obscure. People don't know who he is. But I happened to hear his story and I was like, hey, let's get you on a big platform. That's going to be rich, isn't it? So, so I think Kendo, it will be. Tim, we're going to probably reveal some more names yeah. as the weeks go yeah. by. Let's, I, yeah, let's leave it there for now. Yeah. Let's We've got some great friends too. from the UK, Christian community as well that are yeah. going to be coming on board. Can I, because we're at Gas Street Church. We're at Gas Street Church, In, yeah. in Birmingham yeah. uh, from the 10th to the 12th of November. And, uh, and Tim Hughes, who's yes. hosting us as the sort of, yeah. uh, he's the pastor of the church. He's actually agreed to come and lead worship for us as well. So Which is really, really exciting. Wonderful. So yeah, absolutely. And I love what you said, Martin. We deserve to be there. And, and part of us kind of goes, oh, I don't like that language. But actually, this is about us investing. Yeah. It's professional development. It's spiritual development. It's been encouraged, getting new resources. Really exciting time. So, so just stick that in your diary, 10th to 12th of November, and we'll tell you more about it at some point. But, so it's important to go on the website. Oh, yes. We're terrible at giving out websites. We, we just go start chatting, don't we? Do you know the producer, Rachel, is, is nodding her head at that I point. Know. She's looking sternly at us. She is looking very sternly. So the website for But that. she got us a coffee earlier, so that was very good. We love you, Rachel. And uh, I think all women that work in youth ministry are probably called Rachel, are they? No? No? Many what, of them. What, many, many of them are. Oh, yes. Youthscape. Everyone's shouting me, no! Yes, so youth.co.uk. 
and you can find out more information and book your places there's some discount uh, things yeah. on there information about where you can stay we'd love to see you there that would be brilliant but for now yes back to the podcast we have a very exciting interview yeah we do so this is this is the first time we've sent you off as yes. as our intrepid roving reporter so uh, we haven't got a guest in the studio i say studio Room. In the room. In the room. Um, but you, you've gone off and you've met Natalie Collins. Phenomenal. Amazing yeah, gender absolute, justice specialist. Yeah, gender justice specialist. And she absolutely blew my mind, actually. Yeah. And, I, and I, I'm going to hear a little bit about it later, but Martin... So we're going we're gonna to hear from uh, yeah. you, your, your conversation with Natalie now. And then afterwards, you and I will have a chat about what we've heard and dissect it a little bit. How's that? Fantastic. The Youthscape Podcast. Natalie, I just feel like I want to set the scene of where we are for yes. everyone that's listening, <laughs> because we're in, we're in the countryside in a beautiful yeah. hotel, mm. and this 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 is not our normal place for hanging out. We're both a bit urban girls, aren't yes, we? Yes, definitely. So I'm so excited to be sat here in this uh, in my country retreat, <laughs> <laughs> in my country house, um, with Natalie Collins, who is a gender justice specialist. Mm-hmm. So all our brains have exploded. Quickly, <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. It- I made up the term, I have to be honest, oh, just because I felt like I had to create a way to encompass all the things I do in a title when people ask me, what do you do? It's nice to be able to say three words rather than... Very good. Um, so I work on, fundamentally, it's about ending and addressing male violence against women um, and wider forms of gender injustice. So very much seeing this as about um, the liberation of women from various forms of oppression. And that looks like um, working on addressing domestic abuse issues, working, I've worked with women who've been subjected to abuse, I've worked with perpetrators, and I've worked um, equipping practitioners to work with young people around domestic abuse issues. And um, I also do stuff on um, the Christ- in the Christian world around looking at how many men and women are on the national Christian platform with um, all organising something called Project 328, I'm part of the Christian Feminist Network, I um, set up a campaign about the Fifty Shades series, um, we protest a couple of premieres and I do kind of writing, speaking, training, porn- on pornography, on um, female gender mutilation, on lots of, all the fun topics wow. that nobody wants to talk to you about at a dinner party. Wow, <laughs> we are going to talk about these topics Brilliant. in this place, that is fantastic. So all of this is kind of encompassed under your organisation, Spark. So yeah. if people want to kind of find out more about you, they can go to Spark. But but more on that later. People hold hold fire. Don't Google it yet. <laughs> listening to this conversation. So you've talked about domestic violence. Now, I've spent years uh, working in the whole area of healthy relationships. And it's so important. I'm yeah. so passionate about it. But we're talking domestic violence. Now, people might assume that that is really to do with adults. So why as youth workers should this be a conversation on topic for us? Yeah, and I think there is kind of this stereotype that it's to do with kind of married couples and that, you know, it's kind of you have to, there's usually children involved and I think, you know, probably in the 90s all the sort of stuff that we'd see talking about domestic violence would be very much around kind of adult relation, very adult relationships, married relationships with children. Um, when actually um, domestic violence is essentially one person choosing to control or perpetrate violence or other forms of damaging behaviour to another person within a relationship. And actually the highest risk group of being subjected to abuse is young people, so 16 to 25 year olds. Um, statistically, NSPCC research shows us that 72% of girls will be subjected to emotional abuse by a boyfriend by the time they leave school. 32% will be sexually um, abused by a boyfriend by the age of 16. So it's really important for youth workers because three quarters of the girls that they work with are going to be subjected to abuse before they leave school. Three so, quarters. I mean, yeah. the statistics are horrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really. And I think one of the things Absolutely. is that actually most youth workers, if we got into the details of what 
domestic abuse is about what that, that perpetration of behaviour is. Most of them will know young people and say, oh yeah, no, there is a girl in my youth group, there's young people, I know that that's the situation. Absolutely. But often, I think, because the perception of domestic abuse is quite about adult things, we just think, oh, it's just young people, um, it's just their relationships, you know. It's, it's just, just the way it is yeah, in adolescence and the culture. Yeah, just, so, that's, so that's so helpful. So you, I mean, you're absolutely right. As youth workers, our great privilege in life is that we can be in those spaces with young people and we can build those relationships and real trust. Um, and, and you're saying that possibly actually lots more of us are seeing some of this behaviour in, in the young people's lives around us, but we don't always identify it. So help us identify it. So what, what, what are we looking for, for signs of exploitation or abuse? Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's one of those things where it'd be really nice if I could give you a comprehensive list and go, right, well, if there's these seven signs, then it's probably abuse but actually it's a much more complex picture than that because you could have um, a young um, young person a girl who's maybe told you're not allowed to go out with your friends you have to stay in with me all the time you could have another another young person who said well you can go out and see your friends where you like but you have to give me sex whenever I want it and so it's not very easy to say to say right well one of which one of those is abuse well they're both abuse um, but actually the types of abuse or the the way that that um, it plays out is going to be different I'd say um, one of the big signs is around kind of behavior changes that are connected with the start of a new relationship so say we have a young person who's generally been quite committed to coming to youth groups or quite respectful of their parents and then they they meet a boyfriend and suddenly they don't want to come to the youth group suddenly they don't want to be in church suddenly they whatever it is um and actually that if that coincides with a new relationship because i think one of the things we often see is when this happens we go oh they're just a typical teenager they're just disengaging right, they're just okay. you know so it's that thing of looking at is this related to the start yeah. of a relationship of some sort so i think that changes in behavior changes in values so somebody who is abusive will undermine anything that gives someone strength because it actually gives them more power so so stopping somebody seeing their friends um undermining their sense of self exhausting them so keeping them up late at night talking on the phone texting all night and a lot of that you could say oh well that's just young people they're always on the phone all late at night but actually there can be a real specific tactic around undermining somebody's even sense of reality so, so it's being observant isn't it yeah. I mean, i'm hearing you saying it's it's not a list that we think well there's that one and that one and that one it's more as you've got, got a sense of this young person's well-being what are we seeing and if we have any sense of um uncomfortable about that we're not sure just kind of clocking that registering that asking questions brilliant so um none of us want to sort of look at our young people and think oh my goodness i think there's some controlling behavior going on here Mm. either for the person who is being subjected to that or the person who's subjecting it so what do we do if we see it what do we do yeah well i think firstly we have to um get out of like the monster mentality so this idea that only monsters abuse and so we would see them because they would look like awful people and they would have monster tattooed on their their forehead and this this young person he's he's lovely and he's really polite and he's the vicar's son you know and actually oh we well he couldn't possibly be horrible um and actually that recognition that we've got to get out that mindset and think actually anybody could be choosing to behave in ways that aren't very kind and so if, if we start to see things where we're thinking this person's behavior is changing a bit they started a relationship with this this guy and things are sort of going a bit the behaviors are changing you know asking really really gentle questions it's not about saying are you being abused because actually most people don't self-identify that they're being subjected to abuse so actually if you were to say to somebody who is being subjected to abuse 
are you being abused? They'll say, no, no, it's not like that. I'm not that sort of person. He's not like that. It's not that sort of situation. I mean, I would say I'm talking about um, boys subjecting girls to abuse or adult men um, subjecting girls and women to abuse. And that's not because I hate men or think that men can't be abused or boys can't be abused, but actually the dominant reality we're living with. And, you know, as, as youth workers, we know the culture that young people are in. There's a whole lot of pornography. There's a whole lot of messages about the way that girls should behave and how boys should behave. And so it's just understanding there's a wider structure Yes, that makes yeah. it a gendered and, and of course we've not mentioned sexting but I suppose that would be another place where this lands and, it, and it's not gender neutral is it often it is no. the girls who are under pressure to be uh, creating these images yeah. and sending them so it, it takes lots of different forms so I, I love what you said about just being observant asking mm. the questions love that stuff about monster mentality that was brilliant just getting that out of our headset that actually people who are who are exploiting others look and act in a certain way actually it's signs of, of controlling behaviours really really helpful so I mean I think this is a, a given I know everyone listening to this Natalie mm. will be just taking so much wisdom from this but in a nutshell why why do youth workers need to take this seriously I'm talking to my PCC I'm talking to my church leader and I've, I've used the phrase domestic violence or exploitative relationships and the, the anxiety <laughs> in the room has gone up and someone says to me but that's not your job we don't pay you to do that that's a therapeutic role or that's a parent's yeah. job why should the youth workers take this seriously because three quarters of the girls in their youth group are going to be emotionally abused by the time they're 16. And so, yes, there is this sense of going, oh, well, we don't, it doesn't happen here. Yes. Oh, I, all, all, all the young people are having really, you know, nobody's having sex here. Nobody's looking at pornography here. Nobody's be subjecting anyone else to abuse. Everybody's lovely here and we all just make wonderful choices. And, and there's that idea that we have this kind of nice picture of, of some sort of un, totally unrealistic picture of what young people, particularly in churches, are like and thinking, oh, young people aren't like, you know, the young people elsewhere um, and so I think it's really important we are challenging this stuff and I think it's also really important that we have a really good theological grounding so we need to be looking at what is our church's position on headship on forgiveness on repentance on the roles of men and women because so much of that influences how we educate young people how, what are the things we talk about sex if we say sex is a chocolate cake you keep it in the fridge and you stay out the kitchen all we say is that every all pre-marital sex stuff is bad so how do we give young people the skills to recognize I feel bad because this is I'm being coerced and raped or I feel bad because I'm betraying Jesus it becomes just like oh I, I can't actually distinguish what what is going on here so I think there's so many reasons so why we need to be so thinking about yeah. this in a much broader sense and, and 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 this is because we should want young people to flourish Jesus came to give life in all its fullness and if our young people are not equipped to have healthy relationships and what I would say is that church is often ill-equip young people to have healthy relationships so it's not even that churches are currently neutral on this mm. and they're and they're generally okay and young people are just going to form healthy relationships just because the, me the messages they're getting are neutral it's not that most of the messages in churches actually make it harder for young people and work to against yeah, yeah work absolutely. against that and that's not to say that churches are intending that they're no. doing it for for all the best reasons they're thinking we don't want our young people having sex so let's not think about it talk about it yeah. but actually there's pornography everywhere there's sexualized images everywhere sexualized music and so we have to engage with where young people are at not where we wish they were at yeah absolutely i love it absolutely brilliant this is so good and we're so passionate about this mm -hmm. now i know people listening to this I, I, the old scholars like me natalie 
I've got my pen and a bit of paper. Can you hear it? So I, I would now be saying, give me a phone number, give me an email address, give me a website. How do I do some more training around this? I want to get equipped. Um, yeah. And others are going to have their phones, the rest of it. They want to put on. So Natalie, tell us, you've, you've opened up big conversations. This really matters. It matters to Jesus. It matters to us. This is this is holistic discipleship. We don't add on this stuff about sex to no. kind of keep people happy. This is core to our discipleship and keeping young people safe and, and helping them make healthy relationships and understand where grace fits and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So tell us. <laughs> what, what, how do we get hold of you yeah, in I our wish, country I, I, wish, I wish there was just like one you know one solution <laughs> if you just Bring this number, it'll sort it for you. But um, so I um I'm the director of something called the Day Program, and um, which is www.dayprogram.org and programs double M E. Um, so I do three day training, and um, people can get a whole resource to work with um young people. I have a three and a half day um training for Christian young people that looks at um theology, and it's about training practitioners to work in a in an expert way. And and what I do is bring resources that then they can use in whatever way works. There's a nine week one hour session so that they can use, or they can use it as a a toolkit where they kind of pick a bit of this and a bit of that and it's fine so it, that's one of the things I do I do bespoke training so if organizations want me to come in and do half a day a day give me as much time as you give me I will talk <laughs> so yeah so that would be the first place to start there's also some stuff on there about kind of addressing um, various other issues as well so yeah so people can get in touch with me I am my my wider broader website is um, nataliecollins.info which has all the different stuff the I stuff do so there, uh, people can contact people me there and also there's disrespect nobody and yes, people google excellent. that that's yeah. um, a government resource as well if you want in kind of generic more generic information and if people contact me via either of those websites they can send further information about stuff you're that's available generous. as well you're very, and actually i've often got on the phone to you and said natalie i'm I'm thinking about this. How do we yeah. do it? And I think in the body of Christ, we've got to be talking together. Let's yeah. let's find people that are ahead of us in mm. terms of thinking, and let's seek them out. Natalie, this is such an important conversation, and I'm so excited that you're championing this and helping us as the body of Christ respond positively to all the things that our young people face. Because as you said, we we are deter- we really want to see their hearts thrive to the glory yeah. of God. We want to see their whole lives thrive to the glory mm. of God. And thank you so much thank for coming you. here today and, and chatting. And uh, check out Natalie online. The Youthscape Podcast. So some pretty heavy stuff there. Mm. Uh, you uh, you meeting with Natalie Collins there in a country retreat. Very nice as country it, retreat. It sounded. It's um, one of the things that immediately leapt out to me, I'm sure will have leapt out to a lot of listeners, there is that stat about 75% of teenagers, teenage uh, girls, teenage girls yeah. Uh, yeah. suffering some form of emotional abuse during their teenage yes. period. Yeah. So can you unpack that? What a, what does I mean, that we, mean? We, we didn't have time to dig into quite the range of that. I'm like, what I took from what she was saying was that would be a spectrum, won't it? So on on one end, there'll be things that would kind of say are uh, um, young people receiving online bullying. That might be an isolated incident, um, but it can increase in seriousness. And, and on the other end, would be young people who are systematically being mm. exploited, and sexually abused, and emotionally abused. But it is a staggering figure. And I think mm. that's what really stood out for me from meeting Natalie. She is. She's an incredible woman. She's an incredible thinker and is very clear um, that as Christian youth workers, we absolutely have a responsibility and a responsibility before God to be doing something about this. And we can't sort of hold up, hide behind, well, it's a Christian youth group and this stuff doesn't happen here. And that, for me, Martin, that's, I, I went away quite unsettled, actually, because I've been a youth worker, but like you, you know, about 20 years and work with young people in all different contexts but I I was listening to Natalie and thinking oh my goodness how many times have I not seen something in front of me um, because I've 
translated it in a certain way or because I've said, well, it's about this or it's about that. And and, and so that, that I, I left feeling quite like, oh my goodness, I need to kind of review a little bit yeah. of uh, sometimes what I do and what I see. Yeah. Yeah. There's a quite a lot of behaviour which we do, we don't realise We there's a lot of gendered stuff we don't yes. even spot. So boys will be boys, essentially, is the yeah. kind of thing that's going through our heads. Oh, guys do that. You know, it's just how girls are. And, yeah. and a lot of that stuff happens without us even thinking about it. One of the things that jumped out at me listening was... Um, uh, when she talked about monsters and mm, the monster um, mentality. abusers don't yeah. always look like yeah. monsters, which is a really helpful point. I guess the, the counter to that is uh, we don't then suddenly want to be ca- casting doubt on everybody mm. because anybody could be a suspect, if you know what I mean. It, it, yeah, do you know absolutely. what I mean? You have to hold it with a bit of wisdom, right? Absolutely. And I, and I think um, in another conversation I've had with her at some point, she talks quite a lot about the, the gender double standards. And, and it would be, you'll be absolutely right. It would be completely wrong for us to say, therefore, actually, all boys, by being male, are a risk to girls. That would, mm. that would be mm. absolutely the wrong conclusion and one that Natalie wouldn't draw from that. But I think we it, it's somehow balancing all of this is we need godly wisdom we need uh, you know we have our eyes open we need to be aware of the narrative in society in youth culture about behavior so that when we see young people mimicking behavior that is exploitative when we see some of these isolated incidents that make us ask questions we don't just answer it and say well that's young Mm, people just mm. being young people but but equally a young person keeping another young person up at late having a conversation could just be young people keeping up late having a conversation so I think we don't want to be jumping into the wrong conclusions that we don't want to be shutting our eyes mm. and imagining that in our safe little church rural youth group everything is fine when actually maybe there could be things that we are should be spotting that we're not yeah and, and one of the things that I've found brilliant about Natalie over the years she she actually we didn't mention this but she runs the twitter account God Loves Women yes as well so that's yes. also her uh, and she does a lot of campaigning one of the things I've um, what's been brought to my attention through through getting to know Natalie is how uh, enculturized some of this stuff is and how um, it's not always about, uh, you know, people sending each other sects mm. or uh, uh, people uh, doing horrible things to each other that are very, very explicit. It's actually much more entrenched than that. So an example uh, that's been interesting for me is there was a movie that came out at Christmas time called Passengers. Yes. You know, that's a sci-fi film, a story where Chris Pratt... Uh, wakes up too early from this interstellar journey, which means he's going to be on his own uh, while the rest of the, the the people on this spaceship sleep in suspended animation for 90 years. So he's going to live out his whole life on his own. And he fights the urge, but eventually he decides to wake up uh, Jennifer Lawrence. And, of course uh, he does. Of course he does. <laughs> so he walks around, there's all these yeah. other people he yeah. could wake up, but it turns out that Jennifer Lawrence, it's who is unbelievably that. beautiful, uh, he decides he's going to wake her up. And so she wakes up and he doesn't tell her, he suggests it's a malfunction and then eventually she finds out. And uh, and actually that movie could have ended, I'm going to ruin the whole movie because I don't think people should watch it. I, I really don't like it. Um, but at the end of the movie, having found out that he's essentially murdered her, he's essentially taken her out of her deep sleep and she's going to have to live out the rest of her life with him. She ends up forgiving him and there's this reconciliation. And it's almost like... That, that the happy ending of that movie is to say abuse is fine. Mm. It's absolutely fine for a man to just take a woman's life if he wants it. And, um, and then and she falls and it's the she whole around falling in love, isn't it? That I think Stockholm is the syndrome. Piece, yeah, that is the most disconcerting yeah. about it. Actually, and also as viewers, you want her to fall in love with him. You want that to be the happy ending. And that and I think that's what's really unsettling about that film yeah. is that we're kind of challenged to think actually that's what you want anyway. So why don't we make that the story? Yeah. So sort of the the the, the sad 
end to the story is I was talking to a really, really bright person, a woman who I have huge respect for. She's way cleverer than I am, who'd seen the movie and completely missed that that was going on, that that actually there was this subtle thread of domestic abuse going on uh, underneath the surface. And that's what's really worrying is this stuff is just all around us, deeply entrenched in our culture. And I think we have a responsibility as youth pastors and youth leaders mm. to, to, to help young people navigate that culture prophetically and see where the world is not as it actually should be. Absolutely, no, absolutely, Martin. I think it's a prophetic voice as well, isn't it? That this is not good enough for our boys or for our girls. This attitude, mm. this gender-based violence limits our young people, male and female. Um, and so the stats we've talked about today are about the girls. And when we think about things like sexting and online pornography, girls are more um, more, more affected in that way than boys are. It's more against them. Um, but actually, we have to talk about boys and girls. That boys, what's presented to them in media and culture around them limits them. That's not what it means to be a boy. And I think so Natalie brings a great challenge to us as youth ministers and youth volunteers, actually, in helping our young people live life in all its fullness and mm -hmm. to find ways to help them stand against the oppression that comes uh, because of these gender-based stereotypes that are not actually what it means to be living full, uh, powerfully human lives. That's really, really key. But it is unsettling. And so I think this is, sometimes we're going to, on these podcasts, talk about things that don't land particularly well. We haven't got a clever model to go away and do now, but we've got to be facing this stuff and talking about this stuff. This is part of what it means to be discipling young people uh, and living life in its fullness. It's important. Really helpful stuff. The Youthscape Podcast. Now, uh, it's got to that point in the, we did that, we tried this last time and it, and it didn't end well for me. Uh, we're going to oh, play our, our word Ooh. challenge. So this week, Helen, Helen Cutteridge, one right. of our, uh, our local team, has oh. been in the youth centre learning youth vernacular. <laughs> right, okay. She's going to give us... And she's got a word. And the idea is you and I have to work out what it means. Come on, I've got to win this one. I've got to beat you. Word. 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 So today's word challenge is gassed. That's all right, the word gassed. Right, it sounds a bit like gasp, like... <gasps> so it, I think it's something that is shocked. I think it's, it's kind of saying that, that that's gassed, that person is gassed, so they're shocked. Like, they, they don't know what to do. I, th I think it's that, I think. It's on a shock. I need a sentence, don't we? Um, Use it in a gas. Use um, it in a sentence. Martin, that... Chapel you led for the Youthscape team was gassed. Well, that doesn't even make no, sense. No, it doesn't. But basically, I'm saying I was shocked. It was so good. It's so good, you've lost the ability to construct sentences. <laughs> I never had the ability to construct sentences. I think really. this one's more straightforward. Oh, I no, think this is when a young person breaks wind. I no. think I think somebody in the in the drop-in centre. Young people don't break wind. That do you know what? Uh, <laughs> that kid over there just gassed. I think that's what they say. I think that's what they say. Though. He's gassed. Okay. He's just right, gassed. Here we go. So gassed is a talking about someone who is really hyped up, got really big heads, really full of themselves. Martin Saunders is totally gassed. That context is so helpful. Thanks, Helen. What? So I think if it if it's between like bodily gases or being shot, producer Rachel, I think it's close to me. She's saying yes. I think I. How are you getting the, <laughs> I'm getting the wind? Getting the wind. She's just becoming bullying now. <laughs> yeah. 
Two against one, Martin. Fine. So that's it for this week for our podcast from Youthscape Podcast. Really interesting conversations, big stuff to go away and think about. We hope it's given you food for thought. Remember that you can email us at podcast at youthscape.co.uk. We love hearing your feedback and thank you for all of you that emailed last week. That was phenomenal. Um, And just a reminder that if you want to hear more great stuff from really interesting thinkers, of course, get yourself booked on to the National Youth Ministry Weekend, 10th to 12th November in Birmingham. We would love to see you there. That's all for this week. I'm giving you a little kiss. Goodbye. The Youthscape podcast is always free, but if you'd like to support us, please go to patreon.com forward slash youthscape. Let's do that again, because I never like to make mistakes around films.